This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From a Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Cogman as we get you caught up on everything uh, that is happening here in the North Shore sports scene. We are into the winter season now, so we've got um, obviously some uh, hoops talks, uh, hoops to talk about um, in our pre-show meeting. Joe talked about him waiting until now to talk about some basketball thoughts, so um, I'm sure we're all excited to see um, what he has to say about that, but um, we're going to do our four-quarter format. As usual, first quarter, we recap some hoops and some uh, hockey as well. Um, in the second quarter, we are joined by New Trier Boys basketball player Ian Brown, who set a New Trier uh, program record. We'll tell you more about that. Um, in the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview some um, action that we're looking forward to this upcoming weekend, especially um, some hoops uh, tournaments starting. Uh, maybe not exactly holiday tournament hoops, but um, still some tournaments taking place as well. So um, we'll get you all ready for that. But just a quick reminder before we just get started here that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Make sure you look up the record North Shore and the Varsity and we'll be there. Um, write a nice little review as always. We always appreciate everyone's support um, and kind words about the Varsity podcast. But um, let's jump right into it and let's start with hoops and let's start off with a uh, new chair boys basketball where, um, Joe, last week we talked about, um, it being a really, you know, critical stretch there for new Trier, um, facing two really tough opponents, um, coming up, just kind of, there's been a lot of talk about new Trier and just how good can, um, this new Trier team. And they faced a double, uh, test of, uh, having to play, uh, GBS and then having to play, um, rolling medals back to back. And we were talking last week about what the ideal situation would have been or what we predicted. And um, I think Nutrier got exactly what it needed to get um, out of those two games, uh, taking down GBS 52 to 46 um, on Friday and then take, holding on to beat rolling medals, a really talented team, probably a top 10 team, um, 65 to 64. And Ian Brown uh, making history in that game. But um, just a really uh, critical stretch for uh, the Trevians, Joe, for a team that I know that you've been pretty high on uh, since the season started. Yeah, I think they proved some of their mettle here, and they needed some of these games um, uh, to kind of see what they're made of, and and they were coming down the pike anyway um, at some point, and they got them early, um, kind of a big weekend, like you mentioned, both games away from home um at you know in the dome in glenview and then traveling all the way out to south elgin for the shootout against rolling meadows and, and superstar cam christie so huge games and you know they stepped up to the table their defense um you know really really uh carried the weight on on um friday and also um i believe their their sophomore guard colby smith came through with four three-pointers that night really good shooting team as uh, we're foreshadowing here and then um, on Saturday, Rolling Meadows, I mean, Rolling Meadows was, pun intended, rolling New Trier early. They were really taking it to him. Cam Christie was getting whatever he wanted, pull-up jumpers, getting to the hoop. Um, they were moving the ball well. They were hitting shots that were kind of like, wow, it could be Rolling Meadows night. But all the while they were doing this, um, Ian Brown was just quietly making every single shot he took. Um, and the first half was light, but his three three-pointers in the first quarter kept Nutrier in it. Um, they only scored 11 points in the quarter, and three of them were – or nine of them were from Brown. Um, added one more in the second quarter as Nutrier hung around again. Second quarter was a big uh, Jake Feagan um, court in the kind of their, – their best player, their senior leader. He had 12 points just in the quarter, um, including a massive steal and dunk. And then the second half, you know, back to Brown, eight three-pointers just in the second half, 12 for the game. The kid was absolutely unconscious. He was a human torch. I mean, everything he touched went in the basket. I know he missed two shots, 12 of 14. Both those were in and out. He could have easily had 14 of 14 three-pointers, um, which is insane. Um, it's just, honestly, th this is said without any hyperbole, it was the best 
shooting performance I've ever seen live in any level of basketball. Um, now I haven't seen that many AAU games, but I've seen pro and college and, um, you know, covered the Illini covered, uh, North of the city, South of the city. This it's, it's, it's hard to put any, like explain how great it was that great. Like, don't say, Oh, cool. 12. No, that's, that's unbelievable. Um, everything went in, not much even touched the rim. Um, it was that, that pure. So pretty incredible performance. Um, and there, there are some reasons why it happened and how it happened, but uh, let's just stick with that for right now that Ian Brown put up one for the ages. Let's go to that uh, uh, Friday matchup against GBS before we set up that Rolling Meadows matchup more. What did you kind of see from that matchup where I know the last few mat, uh basically the last couple of years, maybe the last three years, it's been a really heated rivalry between um, the Trevians and the Titans. And um, obviously both teams lost a lot of talent, but, uh, both teams also have a lot of talent within the program and the feeder program. So um, what did you see out of this new cheer team just being able to, you know, hold on uh, to earn that win there, especially in the last few minutes where uh, things kind of seem close, but then uh, new cheer was able to pull away. Yeah. I just think um, new cheer just has uh, a deeper, a deeper lineup and, and more guys that can contribute uh, steadily, uh, regularly. Um, and I think that pays off in, in those close games. Um, it certainly helps you out on the road and especially when it's anchored by a superstar like Jake Fegan, he had a big night, um, on Friday night. And then he was complimented by some of the other guys who, who helped put the game away. But, um, you know, the rivalry is big, you know, um, GBS took new Trier out last year, new Trier handed GBS one of their losses last year. It was a great, rivalry of two top five programs last year if you ask me I, I think maybe even top four if we get even more granular um on last year's team but Utrecht kind of had this nice setup where uh they float in a point guard that was similar they float in a uh a center who was sizable uh I don't think he's he's, he's as um obviously skilled as Jackson Moreau is out of the post but um Tyler Van Gorp's a seven footer um so and they and then just shooting shooting's everywhere on Utrecht and uh they're going to be a tough beat um, anywhere because of that shooting. They, they, you know, three points are fifty <laughs> percent um, more than than two, so um, it's going to be they're going to be tough to beat all season because of that, especially in close games. All right, going back to that uh, Rolling Meadows game, just obviously, what was Ian Brown really able to kind of you know develop to be able to kind of hit those twelve three pointers? You mentioned earlier him being to him being able to, you know, kind of slowly get there and all of a sudden you kind of realize, oh, shoot, he made um, 12 three-pointers, which is crazy. But just how how is Nutria able to kind of move the ball around where he really got a lot of opportunities to, uh, you know, take some shots, especially since I'm sure Rolling Meadows started to zone in on him um, later in the game? Yeah, and it's kind of – it's a confluence of factors, but early it was pretty obvious. So early, um, Brown's not a starter. Brown's your sixth man. He, he's your kind of – your stretch four, your your big guy off the bench to kind of spell Van Gorp, um, their seven footer, or just you can play with with Ian Brown as with a small lineup. You know he can guard a big, um, he can and he can space the floor on offense. So that's what they did. They realized kind of maybe Van Gorp wasn't giving him a great chance against Rolling Meadows, who was up and down the floor uh, and doing a lot of things. Their center, um, Mark Nicklich Wilson, can do a lot of things on the perimeter, which which kind of hurts Van Gorp um on the defensive end of the floor so anyway they brought in brown brown was being defended by wilson um a big man who's so as you're rotating the ball everybody in the state is going to be glued on jake feegan so that kind of takes away one defender from your defensive scheme he's on feegan no doubt about it so you rotate the ball you move it quick enough you know ian brown takes a couple steps out he's going to beat his his the center defender to the perimeter and he did, took a shot, went in, okay. Same thing happened the next time, took a shot. These are the top of the key shots, went in. And now he's feeling a flow, okay. So I think his his next one also in the first quarter, I think was just on if I'm – I don't want to go every single one. But that was basically how he got his first few going was he had um, a, a bigger defender on him, so he took him out to the perimeter and was open um, with his quickness. Um, so and the, And the ball movement. And then, you know, after he started getting going, Rolling Meadows kind of realizes, okay, we got to switch things up. We can't have our center on this guy who's dragging him to the perimeter. 
Um, so they put Max Christie on him. I'm sorry, Cam Christie. Um, obviously big lengths, super athleticism. But remember, there's also one of their best defenders is on Fegan at all times. So you're really only trying to go four guys to Nutrius four guys, more space on the floor. An off-ball screen or a couple are going to set some guys free just by the nature of man-to-man defense, not having enough guys to rotate and come over. And that's kind of what was happening. They, they set a lot of off-ball screens for Brown. Brown was coming off, coming down baseline, popping up on the wing, and he'd just have a clearing of about you know half a second a second, and that's more than enough time to unload a shot, and that's what he was doing. Add to that that Cam Christie was doing so much on the offensive end for rolling meadows that I think that played a little factor in it too. He wasn't, you know, his job isn't to play super tight defense, 94 feet, you know, every time down the floor, he can't do that. And also put up 28 points and save the team like he did. Um, so I think that factored into it too, but um, he, he Nutrier did a great job of recognizing he was the guy that night setting down screens and off ball screens and just getting him open and getting him the ball. Um, a lot of times Canelos, the point guard would get, you know, break down the defense and kick it. You know, Fegan did that a couple times too and kick it. And for Fegan not to take even a semi-open look is, is a big one because he's a, he's a, um, a dead eye, but uh, they were all fighting him. They were all fighting him Brown and they needed every one of them. They won by one point. So in the fourth quarter, he hit, he was five of five in the fourth quarter. And I got to say, most of them were open to semi-open looks. All right, Joe, take me through the final couple minutes here. Obviously they are right. Nutria races an 18 point deficit. Um, but I know obviously they get the first lead, a triple obviously gets uh, um, Nutria, the first lead of a game, 63 to 62 for the first time all evening, one minute 40 left to play. Christie obviously makes a play to give his team a lead. And then take us through what kind of happens here in the last minute where um, Nutri was able to hold on and kind of pick up the win. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, just like you mentioned, Brown's last and 12-3 gave his team the lead at about the 140 mark. Uh, then kind of Christie came down and hit this, his, his classic kind of elevation semi-fade jumper. He pretty much goes straight up, but he's got a little lean to it. Um, it's very pretty looking and he got a, he had a nice role to give him back the lead. Um, so we got about, I think at that point we had about 35 seconds left or so. Um, and Fegan gets the ball on the wing, um, close to the baseline, um, kind of between the, the wing and the baseline. And, uh, he, he kind of just does what he calls a rocker step. Um, he saw that the, the low post toward the baseline was open, you know, hit, you know, the new Trier's post wasn't there. And so no one was there. Um, so he just beat his guy baseline and elevated, took contact from Wilson, um, rolling Meadows center, um, went straight up. Wilson um, did a pretty good job of saying straight up. He might've fallen a bit with the body, but did a pretty good job. And Vegan uh, finished. I mean, he finished at the rim, just a nice, nice little touch off the glass through traffic. And uh, that gave new Trier the lead. Now, Plenty of time, 20-some seconds left for Rolling Meadows um, and a guy like Christie to get a look, get a shot. And um, he's he's guarded, by the way, by a guy giving up seven inches. Um, Evan Canellos is on Cam Christie. So he can elevate and kind of take a shot over him, although Evan's doing a, a tremendous job of making him work to even get to a spot where he can put up that shot. And then, of course, in situations like this at the end of the game, big shots, we're going to have some, some health defense. So – um, you know, they waste about 10 seconds looking for their shot. Then they take a timeout. Um, Rolling Meadows does and sets up their next one. Um, Christy gets it at the top, makes a couple moves and kind of goes toward the elbow, but a couple steps and you got two more. I think it was Fegan and Brown coming over and collapsing to help Canelos. Um, so, uh, Christy rose and kicked it to Wilson, who was kind of diving, um, from the perimeter, um, on the baseline, uh, on the wing toward the hoop. Got a good look at about an 8-10 footer um, and just pushed it a little bit. Um, so he got the look. I think that was the look. The coach can't be too angry with the, the look they got for the game winner. It's just off. Um, and uh, Nutrier held on. You know, good defensive effort down the stretch in the second half for sure. And, of course, Brown having 36 points um, and uh, their superstar Fegan with the game winner. So fun game, man. You could tell kind of I'm exhausted talking about it, but it was great to watch. Um, I'm glad I, I chose to go to that one um, just – 
just a riot of Illinois basketball. Um, and uh, Rolling Meadows is really good. They were missing one of their guys. Um, I can't remember his name, um, but he's a six seven senior, I believe. So another big presence on the wing for them. Um, could have definitely used him uh, probably maybe even on Brown. So, um, but nonetheless, um, Nutria got a big win. They moved to nine and one, um, big weekend for them just, and it was a ride in the locker room for them. Quite a win. How big are those two wins? Just being able to pick up uh, um, a win against, you know, GBS uh, just for what you want to accomplish in the conference and that kind of stuff. But then also for what you want to accomplish in the state moving forward and kind of setting your identity, being able to take down Rolling Meadows, um, one of the better teams in the state. I mean, just how big is this for what this team wants to accomplish moving forward, especially heading into some tournament over the holidays? I think it's big for a number of reasons. Um, you mentioned their place in the conference. They got kind of a – they're in a, in a good spot, good start there. Um, and then the win over Rolling Meadows kind of shows – I think they believed, um, Nutria did, that, that they're among the best teams and they can play with the best teams. Just how good? Maybe that's a mystery, but they can be right there. And that just kind of gave them more evidence for that resume. Okay, now we know um, we're right there. And we have another weapon that we were confident in in the locker room and practice, but now other teams are going to be scared of. Like everyone now knows that downtown Ian Brown is going to shoot from the perimeter and he can make it at a very high rate. So, and he's not afraid to shoot it. He pulls that trigger quick. So um, just that's going to help them down the road, you know, throughout the season um, um, with how they scheme, how other teams scheme against them and how they can use that to their advantage. So um, just uh, it, it was a very big weekend and, for the other side of the um, of what we watched, if you're rolling Meadows, I don't think you can be too down on yourselves, and I don't think they are. I mean, they lost by one point to a team that got a school record three-pointers by one kid, and they lost by one. Um, so I don't think you can be too down on yourself. You had a 17-point lead. Huge learning experience this early in the season on uh, what you can do to hold the lead, what, what you can do better to hold the lead, I should say. Um, and where maybe you can do better at uh, guarding the perimeter or, or, you know, not letting a guy shoot 14 open threes. So um, fun, fun weekend for Nutria. I think they're going to take this with them and uh, build off it for sure, because um, they got some fun things ahead there in Arizona right now for a tournament, I believe. Um, they got Pontiac coming up. They got Evanston coming up. So um, pl plenty more action for them. All right, we'll get more Nutria basketball for you folks in the second and third quarter with our interview with Ian Brown and also our uh, um, way or no way in the third quarter. But let's move on over to uh, some hockey still in here in the first quarter where um, we had a chance to catch up with uh, Loyola and uh, Nutria playing against each other in boys and girls hockey um, on Saturday and Sunday. Um, Nutria green and gold taking uh, a little little uh, fun little rivalry series here. Um, obviously, it's always a fun rivalry series between those two teams, but they're a part of the Chicago Blackhawks um, rivalry series with the boys' top teams, uh, green and gold, playing against each other on Saturday um, in Lincolnwood. Uh, green got off to a one nothing lead but couldn't hold on um, as gold got a 4-1 victory there. Um, we always talk about this, Joe, a million times whenever we talk about hockey, but um, – Hockey is a very long season. You can't really take a lot from one matchup, but just from being able to take a 4-1 lead or a 4-1 win over um, Nutria uh, Green, um, that's got to be impressive for Loyola, just being able to kind of set the tone here um, as they continue to uh, push through and, uh, um, you know, kind of keep it going after earlier loss uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, they took that one nothing heartbreaker early to Nutria Green, and obviously we know you don't need any more um, ammunition for this um, rivalry it's got enough power packed into it um, throughout the years and uh, you know you had the Blackhawks series so you got um, you got Tommy Hawk out there and and things like that so a ton of fun um, but yeah the Loyola's pretty motivated you know it was one nothing in the first I think Loyola tied it at the end of the first uh, got another goal late in the second I believe I believe it was you know they had about a full period of no scoring from about the four-minute mark in the first to the four-minute mark in the second, until Loyola tallied again, and then got their third in the in in the final period, and then added an empty netter for the fourth. So still a close game, you know, four-one. You think it's a blowout, but uh, but Nutria did or Loyola did take care of business. They took that early goal and, um, against them, and they they rallied, man. Um, so good on them. Um, packed crowds. 
just crazy how uh, hockey gets up here, gets such, you know, those crowds, um, you know, wall to wall people in the student section, just uh, no room for anything else um, in there. So, and they had the, they had a uh, Christmas theme going. So some fun costumes, it's a riot. Um, so it was a good time uh, and good on, um, I think, you know, again, two of the best teams in the state that they're going to go head to head one more time. I believe they, they, they do it again in January um, toward the January back half of January. So they'll do it again for the rubber match, but they could see each other in the postseason too. So um, they did that hockey and it was a good one. New Trier, uh, what girls team earning a two, one win the next day uh, over Loyola. So a fun weekend there of hockey. And uh, we'll talk more about that in the third quarter with way or no way, but um, let's move, move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by uh, the new three point uh, record holder for new Trier boys basketball, Ian Brown. Um, obviously we talked a lot about him uh, in the first quarter. So why don't you hear from the man himself, um, Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Ian um, after the game. What are the folks at home going to hear? How the heck he pulled that off, uh, what it felt like. And, uh, yeah, I mean, really, really, that's it. We just spent a lot of time on talking about, you know, such a um, such a crazy and uh, cool record. Um, so we just talked about that for a few minutes. All right, let's have a listen. That was bananas. Tell me what you were feeling out there. I mean – after I saw the first one go in, it was just kind of like, catch the ball, shoot, catch the ball, shoot. My, my teammates did a great job getting me open. Like, Jake fed me the ball, set off all screens. I mean, and after that, I just, I just like didn't feel anything. I was just going through the motions, shooting. I mean, I've seen, I think this is my third game, and I see, you know, you'll shoot the ball, you get open, yeah. you, you get a look. When did you know tonight was pretty good? I mean, after I had about three in the first quarter, I mean, it was... I, that's when my confidence just like was here, and I and I knew, I always knew I could do it. It's just like this is this is what it, when it really showed. And, and when you're hitting a few, I mean, ask Jake. Uh, yeah. They're they're going to be all over you. Um, yeah. So what's key going from hitting a few three pointers to hitting as many as you did? Well, well, after you hit a few, obviously they're going to be draped over you like they are on Jake every single game. Um, so it, I mean, it's up to me to find other guys or like uh, other people off ball screening for me, getting me open. That if it's they're shooting, if it's not. Kicking it out because they're, they're all on me. I just kick, get it to the next guy. Right. Keep rolling. What's that feeling like? It's it's, it's a pretty good feeling, <laughs> especially especially when I mean I haven't had the greatest start of the season, and to, to have a performance like this, it's great. And especially in a win over a team like this, re really great team, and it's just it's a real feeling. Yeah, and maybe you've been off earlier in the season. Anything yeah. changed between them and today? I mean, going into the game, I mean, I, I just had a little bit of confidence. I mean, I, I knew it was going to happen. And the, the big three hit was uh, the go-ahead. I don't know, maybe they're all blending together for you. <laughs> yeah, I can't <laughs> But do you remember that one, the, the 12th one? To be honest with you, I can't. I don't even remember where, where it was on the court. <laughs> okay, okay, and then you had a bloody nose. Yeah, I had a bloody nose. I didn't even realize it was bleeding. I asked the ref, like, like he was like, come, come with me. I'm like, wait, what? Sideline, oh, so he saw it? I didn't even realize. Oh, thing. Yeah. Man. So how were you able to go in? Did they plug it up? Yeah, they plugged it up, and then I I, was, I went to go in, started bleeding again, had to do it again. But thank God everyone else on the team battled their hearts out. I mean, we just we just wanted it. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. No problem, man. Thank you, as always, to Ian uh, for joining us, and thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight all right let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way i throw out five propositions and joe and i argue or agree upon whether that uh proposition can happen uh we're going to stick with nutria boys hoops here with the, with the first question here joe um way or no way that nutria boys basketball is a top team top 10 team in the state Optimistically, I'll say yes, but it's right at that 10 mark. Um, I really don't think they're as good as last year, but last year was, I, I think, as I mentioned earlier in the first half or first quarter, like a top four team uh, at worst, top five or six. So I think this team's closer to 10 to 12. Um, you know, big year this year, you know, resurgent year for um, public, public school teams. Um, Simeon is, is an absolute monster. Um, you got Kenwood. Um, it's just, 
it's a it's, it's a big resurgent year after maybe a young year in the city last year. We got teams that are just going to be that are going to be there and hanging around all season long. So plus you got St. Rita, even though with their three losses, um, they're they're very 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 good. Um, I think the top three juniors in the class all go to St. Rita right now. So um, so yeah, uh, I think they're right at ten, maybe twelve. But since you asked top ten, I'll say I'll say right there. I'll say yes. Wait. Yeah, I'd probably say, uh, I, I guess way I'll agree with you, maybe, but I'm having them at 10. I can't, like like we talked about, they're not at the level of Simeon or Kenwood or Juliet West or uh, Whitney Young or Brother Rice or even Bennett. I think that those teams are at a different level right now as opposed to Nutrier. Um, so I think I'll go with way. I think they're at 10. They're very loosely at 10 right now. But um, yeah, I think that, They'll probably stay at 10. They'll probably be in that range. Probably they'll probably be at 10 to 12, 10 to 13 around for most of the season. Maybe they pick up another win or two or maybe crack like, you know, the 8, 9, 10, maybe 7, 8, 9, 10 um, range. But um, unless, you know, Nutrier does something crazy at Pontiac or um, does something crazy moving on in the season, I just don't see them um, being able to kind of reach the level of the teams we talked about, the public school teams in Chicago. Um, and some of the private school teams in Chicago as well. I think uh, um, that they're kind of playing at a different level, just the way that Nutria was kind of playing at a different level last season. All right, second question here is uh, Loyola's boys basketball suffered its second uh, loss of the season, losing by 10 points, 54 to 44 to St. Patrick. Way or no way, Joe, that that loss is a concerning loss for the Ramblers, especially for how much they gave up uh, defensively. Yeah, I think that's high for them defensively. I don't think they like that. Um... You know, it depends. I haven't seen St. Pat's this year, too. Maybe they have an explosive offense, and holding them to 54 is a good thing. But either way, I, I don't think, you know, um, Loyola likes to likes their opponents to touch 50, uh, no matter who they are. Um, and that's it's a tough ask, of course, day in and day out. Um, but that's who Loyola is. That's where they make their bread and butter. Now, they can score better this year. Um, they're more confident in their ability to put the ball in the hoop. But, um, you know, they still want to keep it there. So, you know, if they if Loyola puts up 55, they want that to be a win 90% of the time. So this one, they just, yeah, it's, it's a bit concerning. Just, you know, I don't know what happened. We weren't there, but um, I'd like to see um, if they do lose, they keep it in the 40s and maybe they had an off shooting night. You can you can uh, excuse it a little bit, but an off defensive night just is a little more um, concerned. Not, not super concerning. They're still, what, nine and two. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good team. Um, but, uh, we would have liked to see a little more from them in that game. I think. I'm going to go with way and you're going to hate what I'm going to say following this, but I think it's one of those losses that they needed, um, as coaches love to say a little put through <laughs> loss or whatever, like nice little cliche for you over there. Um, but, but yeah, they're nine and two. And I think that losing the same pants isn't like, it's not a terrible loss by any means or anything like that. I mean, same pants is good. Their only losses are two um Glenbrook North and Nazareth so it's not like you lost to a very bad St. Pat's team by any means but um I think defensively you got to figure some stuff out and you got to you can't live up 54 points um especially if you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish and um offensively you got to score a little bit more um you, you I, it, it, it could be a one bad night that's the thing with basketball sometimes you just have one bad night that one bad night happens in November could happen in January or could happen in March when you needed to not happen the most and um so I think it's a little concerning I think you learn from it I think you put it together but um yeah losing the same pass is a little concerning I think they um need to pick some stuff up from that um and kind of can really learn from it especially as they head into uh um their Florida tournament that they're going to be playing uh in in the coming week all right, Joe, we talked about Loyola Gold beating Nutrier Green. Uh, way or no way that Loyola Gold is a favorite to win the state title? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, just because I don't know, and I'm admitting my ignorance here, and because of the overall betterment of the hockey landscape in the state, I guess, you know, the parity in the, in, in the landscape, I will say no. Um, I think there's probably a handful of teams that are going to compete for this and Loyola is one of them. Um, but, uh, I, I don't even want to say who I think it is because I could be wrong, but it, I believe, you know, GBN has another really good team and, uh, they're going to be up there all the season long. 
Um, I'm trying to find. Um, yeah. Actually, you know what? That might have been Nutria Green's first loss, Mike. If, uh, yeah. if the Scholastic Hockey League standings are correct, I think it's still Nutria Greens and, and the Glenbrooks are up there. Viator's always good. They're they're up there. And Loyola's up there too, but uh, they got a lot of um, ties so far. So anyway, um, I will say no. No way. That doesn't automatically give them that top spot. Yeah, I think I'll go with no way. I think you learn a lot from a team – especially during the regular season. And I know obviously Loyola now with its nine, four and four record um, sitting in sixth place in the SHL um, maybe doesn't look as good, but I do think that they're probably, they're, they're probably a better team than their record says right now. And I think you saw that in their win against Nutria green um, being able to hand them their first loss of the season. Um, I, I, yeah, I would probably say that they're probably not the favorite. That's probably still Nutria, maybe one of the Glenbrooks. Um, but I, I, I do think that Loyola is definitely a contender and um, likely will either face Nutria and try to stop Nutria from um, winning um, a title, whether that's going to be, you know, in the next, you know, probably in the early rounds or in the later rounds. I think Loyola and Nutria will probably meet each other um, when it comes time to deciding who's going to end up becoming the state champion here in uh, Illinois uh, hockey. All right. Uh, we're going to move on over now to our fourth question. We'll still stick with hockey. We'll go with the girls. Um, where no way, Joe, that the new Trier girls hockey team has what it takes to kind of redeem itself and kind of compete with that uh, mega team from Chicago this year? Well, that's kind of what it's going to be, if I'm not wrong, the mega team from Chicago. What is it again? They have a they have a name. Um, it was uh, it wasn't Latin. I, I I forget exactly what that mega team name was, but it was like a weird combination of like yeah. all the teams, like all five or six teams. If I'm not wrong, they were young too. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I I think they're the favorites, and I think Nutria will give it their best. Nutria was young too, and uh, they you know a couple of their stars are seniors now. Um, so it'll be a fun it'll be a fun one if they meet up again. I think it's them two to lose, but I don't. I think they have what it takes to play with them. Last year's game, it was close for a while until um, Chicago pulled away. Um, it'll be a good one, but I do think that their Nutria is not the favorite. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably go with uh, that uh, team being the best. Um, you're you're seeing a lot of great stuff so far for what they want to uh, do this year. Um, I'm getting the play i'm getting the standings up right now you have Maine uh east doing really well right now the main girls team the neighbor valley teams um are doing really well right now um so you're seeing a lot of good uh good teams especially in nutria's bracket where um you have the neighbor valley team fenwick is doing well barrington is doing well so um chicago central romans is the team we're talking about joe yeah the um, romans. thank you but those those teams i i think it's I think we're finally starting to see, um, and I know we're really early into the year, we only got seven games or six games played or whatever, um, but I think you're finally starting to see that hockey is expanding where it's not just Nutria and Loyola every single year, and you're starting to see um, it kind of hit the western suburbs. Obviously, Fenwick has had a good team, for, good team for a long time, and you're starting to see like the far northwest suburbs with Barrington and like Chicago, like we talked about earlier. So you're seeing a lot of good teams um, put some strong, um, strong, you know, stuff together. I mean, the main main township team is also very good. So, it, it, I I think that Nutria has what it takes to kind of help with that and kind of get over that hump um, that they had last year. But I also think that there are a lot of different other teams that are really good as well. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how this playoff unfolds, where it might not be like an automatic thing where Nutria or Loyola are playing. Um, for a state championship like we're kind of used to here. Yeah. All right, final question here for way or no way. Kind of obviously got to get football back whenever we can. Um, last week, the IHSA made its announcement that uh, the state football championships will move to Illinois State University for the next five years. Um, they got some reaction, good reaction, and some negative reaction as well. So way or no way, Joe, you agree with the decision to move the football championships to Bloomington Normal? Uh, with if every other option is open and available, 
no, I don't agree with it. But as a venue, it's fine. And I think that's been the overall, at least the reaction I've seen, like, okay, it's just, okay. I mean, if it makes things easier for them, if it's, if it, um, if they can turn it into a better environment, um, with, you know, whatever else, other things they want to add to the, to the weekend or whatever, um, sure. Great. I just, on paper, it's just, it's not that exciting to me. Um, no offense, you know, Redbird fans, um, nothing, nothing against ISU. I just, uh, I liked it at Champagne. I liked it at, um, in DeKalb. I like the switcheroo kind of, even though that seems kind of weird, I, I thought it was kind of fun. Um, two two really good football programs, Division One, and um, you get to play on their fields. You know, one's a Power Five school, seemed pretty cool. Um, but uh, not that there's anything wrong with ICU, it's fine, and it'll be fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It just doesn't seem like the most exciting option. So, I guess that's my my answer. Yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with no way here. I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with what was happening right now. I think you kind of, you had the best of both worlds where you had one year, you had a matchup in central Illinois, which is good for like the Southern and central teams. You got to play on the big 10 field and you got to, you know, get the great facilities that Illinois had and just being at Illinois this past year for the state child. I mean, it just feels different at Illinois. Like you're at a big 10 campus, you're at a big 10 school. Um, the facilities are much nicer. You got, the more of the environment is better. I think the one complaint about Illinois is that it's big. That Memorial Stadium is 60,000 people. And that sometimes, like the 8A game, even where you have all these fans, feels small. And I get that, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, it was fun in Northern Illinois. And you have that fun environment where every other year you got to keep, like, a lot of the Chicago teams had an easy commute and didn't have to travel down. And um, I don't know, not, I'm sure we'll enjoy the time at Illinois state. I'm sure there'll be a lot of fun memories there, but, um, I just don't think that I don't feel like there's anything broken and I don't know really what the IHS, like what, how it was harming the IHSA by having it at two different places every year. I don't obviously know the logistics of it every single week. And I don't know how much you really need to get into it, but it seems like both schools, both NIU and Illinois were doing whatever they can to make things easy on the IHSA. So if that's the case, I don't really know why you need to switch it up. So, um, yeah, I don't agree with the decision. I don't think it was broken. Um, obviously, I would rather have it at Illinois every single year. I think the kids love playing on a Big Ten field. I think the kids love the um, facilities and that kind of stuff, but that, was not, that wasn't going to be possible with the Big Ten scheduling right now and um, how the Big Ten has continued to expand. So the schedule is going to get even more um, crazy. So, um, yeah, no way. I don't agree with the decision. I think it would have been fun, fine to just keep it the way it is. I'm not going to go to Bloomington normal next, you know, Thanksgiving weekend with pitchfork in my hand because <laughs> I'm not that against it, but, um, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong and I think it would have been fine just to keep the status quo. And maybe you kind of, maybe you kind of look around and you're kind of like, okay, maybe we can do this like a weekend earlier or a weekend later or something like that and kind of talk about that, but We'll see how it goes and we'll see how the new contract goes after the year 2027, which doesn't really feel like a real year. So um, we'll see how that goes moving forward. True. Do you, do you own a pitchfork? I do not own a pitchfork. That doesn't really come useful in the city much uh, really often, but I might invest in one. I don't know. It seems like a cool thing to just have like whenever you possibly might need it. What What's one like tool or item you have that makes you feel like an, a real adult? I remember when I got like a, like a crowbar, I was like, that's that's just something to have in the garage. That's an adult weird purchase. I think it was the drill. I got I, I got a drill, and that made me very feel pop like very you know powerful. I don't know. <laughs> this I like would go around like there was nothing to repair, but I would just walk around the condo like just moving the drill around and just like turning it on and off. And my fiance was like, "You're an idiot," and I'm like, "I'm well aware, but I also feel quite powerful, so I'm just going to keep doing this." An um, idiot with a drill. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are idiots, and then you have your idiots with drills, which honestly, I don't know. Sounds like one's better than the other. But um, yeah, so maybe I'll go to ISU with my drill. That might seem weird, weirder too. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. But we'll we'll get there next year, and we'll talk more about it. Um, we'll bring this back up the weekend before state, and uh, we'll talk about this and whether I'll bring a drill with me to uh, Bloomington Normal. But um, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter. I think that's enough drill talking for now. <laughs> um, and uh, to preview some stuff that we have going on uh, this upcoming week. Um, we kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. Um, it's not technically the start of holiday hoops 
um, exactly yet. I think both Loyola and Nutrier boys are traveling for tournaments. I don't think they're technically Christmas holiday tournaments. I think they're just like, let's go somewhere warm tournaments where like uh, Loyola is heading down to Florida and Nutrier is heading down to uh, um, Arizona. And I feel like those are good um, good experiences for both teams where you kind of get to play some out-of-state teams where you kind of get into the monotony of playing Illinois teams where obviously Illinois high school basketball is at a very good level, but it's also good to travel and kind of see, expose yourself to some other stuff across the country. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun, fun hoops season. Um, I always like, we, I think we we had a similar conversation last year, just about different opponents, new opponents, different styles of play. Let's, let's, you know, see what we can do against these, learn about ourselves, learn about each other. You know, you travel too. It's a, it's a good bonding experience, all that good, good fluffy stuff is part of these tournaments. So um, it's always fun. We'll see what they come back with. I think Nutrier won that tournament out in Arizona last year. So see if they can do it again. And um, yeah, I wish, you know, uh, for, for my high school, we never traveled out of state. That'd have been fun, but we didn't do that. We only went down to like, you know, Aurora and stuff. <laughs> what are you anti Aurora? You're now anti Bloomington normal and Aurora. Uh, I tried to pick the farthest one from a tournament. No, I'm um, no, no shade against Aurora. <laughs> just going to start all these controversies. You already had the main South community after you, you might as well just add the Aurora and Bloomington normal community. That's after you. True. I'm not allowed in Park Ridge. Exactly. Um, so that'll be fun to see what those uh, guys are able to do in those tournaments. Um, Loyola girls basketball plays Simeon on Thursday. We're recording this on on Tuesday. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, hard to keep track of what day of the year it is without the sun. Um, but uh, you've got Loyola and Simeon on Thursday. Uh, Loyola and Evanston on Friday. And then uh, Loyola starts tournament action against Cary Grove on Saturday. So um, a nice little stretch here, Joe, where um, they have games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, uh, and Thursday and Friday. So a lot of hoops for the Ramblers uh, coming up here. Yeah, I really think, you know, they had something similar last year too. I don't remember if it was this early in the season, but it was just, you know, they went from non-con to conference and then right back into like a tournament. And, uh, you know, those stretches of five games in six days or even six games in six days uh, really shows you a bit of who you are. It toughens you up a little bit. I really think that's true. Um, more coach talk for you. Um, but for kind of the latter half of your season, um, as you're really working to improve and, and be the best you can be at a certain point, you kind of ran through the gauntlet all, a little bit. Um, so you, you have that feeling of not invincibility, but toughness. Um, and, uh, they're going to gain that here against good opponents. It'll be fun. Um, and, uh, I thought of something I, I meant to mention with the, so sorry, um, Loyola girls, um, back to Nutria boys in the Pontiac tournament after the, after Christmas that week, I think Nutria would line up with Simeon in round two if they won. So just something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Should be a fun one. Um, as well, always fun to get those tournaments, uh, up and, uh, rolling and, uh, um, just heading back to Loyola girls basketball. There's obviously going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of action moving forward. So we'll see um, how the Ramblers are able to respond, especially with all the games that they'll be playing moving forward. Um, it'll be really uh, interesting to see how they're able to do. Um, I know, obviously, Joe, you kind of had this at in the sports briefs, but um, I know Loyola girls also had a fun opportunity to defeat De La Salle 59-18, um, but they also got a chance to play in a really cool gym. Yeah, they, they got the Hoosier experience. Um down in uh, uh, Knightsville, is it Knightstown or Knightsville? Um, one, one of the two. But uh, to me, it's Hickory, um, where the Hickory um, Hickory played in the movie Hoosiers. Uh, they got to play in that gym, kind of a famous gym for obviously being the, the setting for that. But they kind of made the gym a character in that movie. Um, so um, pretty cool stuff that they got to go down and play that. Those experiences are always just a, an added bonus, especially – um, as you work through a, a, a kind of a grueling basketball season where these teams play a, a lot of games, they have a lot of practices, they, they work pretty hard um, for, for really a three-month stretch um, to do something fun like that. So good on um, Loyola for getting an experience in the books. All right, uh, New Trier Girls Basketball, Joe, we talked about it last week, a couple uh, tough losses right now. They've lost four in a row. They lost in uh, Maine, South, and Glenbrook North, like we talked about last week. 
Lost to Glenbrook South 33 to 24, and then lost to Hersey 39 to 32. Um, obviously, both really good teams, GBS and Hersey as well. But at the same time, um, maybe more competitive in that Hersey matchup, Joe, but kind of some concerning scores just watching Nutrier um, still struggling to figure things out. Yes, but on the offensive end of the floor, you could see their defense. Hersey's one of the best teams in the state. They hold them under 40 um, and they lose. Um, their offense is just not. Um, not efficient enough, not, you know, not good enough right now to win those big games. Um, you know, and they want to compete in them and they are, and their defense is holding them in it um, close enough, but they're going to have to find ways uh, to put the ball in the basket more if they want to win those games. Um, 32 points isn't going to do it against Hersey. And I think, what did we say against GBS in the twenties? Uh, yeah, it was 33 to 24. Yeah. And we know that's, that's obviously not going to do GBS. Very good team, by the way. Um, I don't know what their record is. I think they might have one or two losses. They're, they're kind of a resurgence it is impressive. So GBS, GBN um, looking really good in the, um, the CSL South. Um, but yeah, Nutrier, you know, the, we said it in previous podcasts, the injury hurt them um, to see LeCline, um, kind of a big one, score the basketball, two, facilitate. Um, she could do both pretty well. Um, they've obviously not skipped too much for being on defensive end of the floor, really, really solid on the defensive end, but they, they could use her and, and more on the offensive end. So it might be a tough go till they figure out how to put the ball in the basket more. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see how they kind of put things together as they move forward. Um, figure some stuff out, especially, uh, as, uh, things kind of pick up here, um, moving forward. All right, let's move on over now to wrestling. We got some, uh, interesting wrestling, um matchups moving forward uh this weekend uh Loyola will have wrestlers compete at the Dvorak uh, wrestling invitational at, at Harlem in Rockford um or actually it's uh, Mackenzie Park I think um but um a really good test for this Ramblers team obviously the Dvorak wrestling invitational is one of the best wrestling tournaments of the regular season um, that's kind of where you see the best of the best kind of compete against each other. And I'm sure, um, Loyola will kind of want some of its best wrestlers to kind of test themselves, um, especially in one of the better tournaments. Yeah. Um, you're going to see some of the state's best there, um, for that weekend tournament. Um, a lot of pride on the line as well as obviously, uh, accolades and things like that. Um, so, um, we'll see guys like Massey Odiati, Odiati and, Kai Calcutt um, have, have been, you know, we know about Massey, but but Kai's had a nice year so far as well. Um, so those are just two names to look out for here. We got the Herberts um, as well doing some damage. Um, there's a couple of them around. That's why it was plural. Um, and and their um, their leading girl. They have a few um, girls on the roster, but um, Harley Hiller um, doing impressive work too in the early going. She was a a state finalist last year as well. So I'm sorry, state medalist. Um, so yeah, Dvorak's a good one. We should see, um, hopefully we see some good results out of there and uh, it'll set them up for the, the rest of the year. Yeah. And Harley Hiller um, ranked the number one uh, girl wrestler in the state um, by Illinois Matt, Matt uh, women um, who uh, they, them and the Matt uh, men do a really good job of covering uh, wrestling in the state of Illinois and Harley earned the number one ranking in her weight class. So um, Harley already impressing and she's going to continue to obviously um, do great stuff um, as she uh, kind of moves forward here as the season moves on and kind of prepares for um, the postseason. But um, Nutrier is uh, kind of doing a lot of duels right now. They competed at the Prospect Invitational over the weekend. Um, they'll get uh, Hinsdale Central um, in a duel on Friday, and then they will uh, – actually, no, I'm wrong. They'll compete at the Hinsdale Central Varsity Invite over the weekend. Um, so Nutria will also get some, uh, you know, some competition and get some uh, opportunities for guys to uh, win some medals and uh, maybe even win some uh, tournaments. Yeah, so Nutria, again, another um, team we got to get out and see their wrestling. Um, it just hasn't worked out schedule-wise so far, but hopefully we'll get out there soon. Uh, I know they're – they got a lot of youth in that group, um, and they're trying to build off a, a couple big losses uh, to graduation, including a couple state qualifiers and a state champ in Jack Cummings. Um, so they're really looking to kind of fill out the roster. They lost a tough one, I believe, to GBS in conference, um, a matchup they've won the past couple of years in close 
close battles. So um, they're just looking to find their way. Tournaments are a good way to do that, see who can perform at different weight classes and and get force their way into the lineup. So, yeah, another good one this weekend for the wrestlers. New cheer. Yeah, Wilson Wright and Tag Miller both placed fourth uh, for the uh, Trevians at the Prospect Tournament. Tag is a really great first name. Um, so uh, wrestling being able, has shown some talent so far um, and what they've been able to do. So um, really good stuff there um, from uh, that team. I know uh, we got some other things going on. I know gymnastics really took off. Uh, New Trier Girls Cheerleading took first place at the Sandberg invite anything else joe that you want to talk about um other sports wise in the winter here before we say goodbye no i'm looking forward to catching up uh as i said last week you know just kind of schedules got a line it's tough during the holidays but with the other student athletes doing work in the bowling alley lanes or the gyms or the uh on the gymnastics mats or wrestling mats uh we'll we'll get to y'all and um thanks for reading today we have up uh uh, I think you guys listen. If you listen to the podcast, you heard John Holosek. We put up the audio, but I wrote a little story about um, our conversation. So we have that up and uh, check out more on Ian Brown's threes, um, three barrage. And uh, yeah, um, happy holidays. It's going to be a fun, fun winter season as we go yeah. through it. It always is. These tournaments are always fun, not just basketball, but obviously all the other sports as well. Um, wrestling always has a fun time, you know, traveling uh, to some different national tournaments as well. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about, but uh, that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can listen to the varsity anywhere the podcasts are available. Make sure you search us up. Give us a nice review. We always appreciate it. Um, that review always helps us expand our audience and help other people find us um, and spread the word about the varsity um, uh, podcast. Um, you can check out my stuff at Friday Night Drive. We've got some. Um, we are a week away from signing day, so some decisions are going to be made. So um, we'll have all your signing day coverage uh, in the state of Illinois for next uh, Wednesday, especially early signing day. Some commitments are coming up this week. So um, check out my work for all the latest stuff there. And as always, check out Joe's work at the Record North Shore. Great sports coverage of your favorite North Shore teams, as well as everything else that is happening in the North Shore area with news, features, and everything else. All right, folks, that's everything that we got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening, listening, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.